Welcome back to This Week in Film, the podcast where we spend our time together talking about the movies we've watched over the past seven days. It's week 13? Is it week 13? Yeah, it is. Week 13. Lucky number 13. Yeah. I'm Nick Panuzzo, and the two voices you just heard were that of Charlie Chester and Ray Radamiki. What's going on, guys? Hello. We're back at it again. Ray, I'm sure you watched something. Tell us what it is. This week, I watched The Monster Squad, directed by Fred Decker and written by Shane Black. It's an old classic of mine, one of my favorite movies growing up. You can't see the big smile on my face right now. (laughs) It's Uh, huge. Yeah, apparently Charlie has the same feelings about it that I do. Uh, Yeah, when I was a little kid, I actually had a VHS tape of The Monster Squad and The Little Monsters on the same VHS tape, and I just watched it over and over and over again. It's got a special place in my heart. Um, I try to watch it, you know, every so often. This week, I felt the need. It's a fun little movie about featuring the universal monsters, Dracula, the Wolfman, Creature of the Black Lagoon, the mummy. It's about these young kids who form a monster squad to fight all these uh, universal monsters that have invaded their town. When Nick Fury shows up to, <laughs> to collect them all, what does that seem like? It actually, you know, it's it's kind of a precursor to what we're seeing now with all the Avengers and Justice League stuff that's going on in the current times. It's a classic. It really is. Yeah. It's a movie that probably could not be made today with the fact that Features very young kids cursing, smoking cigarettes. Well, I guess it would have to be like a rated R movie today. I think yeah. it's PG-13. They uh, look really cool. 1987. So many good one-liners that still to this day, you know, I still quote all the time. Like, I well, honestly think if you watch it today, you know, like the, there's that like jump in time. Like, oh, you got to watch this movie as a, like that I saw as a kid. Right. And you still watch it and love it. Like, I still watch Labyrinth and love it. But someone who hasn't watched Labyrinth ever and tries to watch it now is like, that is awful. That was right. me. That, yeah. I, that was me with Labyrinth. For somebody to watch this movie now, be interesting to see if you like it as much as me and Charlie do. Because we liked it so much as we were kids. I saw it at least once when I was a kid, but the only thing I remember is the... Uh... The wolf, Wolfman's got nards. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Kick him in the nards. Kick him in the nards. Wolfman's got nards. You know the movie's got one of the greatest character actors of all time in it. Thomas Noonan. Is that plays, the guy who plays Dracula? No, he plays oh, um, uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, right. And also in... so dynamic. He's a big uh, Michael Mann guy. Yes. He plays... Uh, Who's Thomas Noonan? He plays uh, the killer in Manhunter. And then he also... He's in Heat also. He plays the guy that, like, uh, that gives, like, the plans... Robert De Niro. Oh, the mustache guy with long, long hair. No, that's John Voight. Oh, yeah, that's right. Huh. Noonan's in, like, the he's shack really... in the middle of nowhere, and, like, you right. know, they show up, and he's, like... Uh, oh, he's doing the wheelchair. Yeah, he's, yeah, like... He's really tall. He's, like, it's okay. all out there. You're just going to pull it out right, and right. take it, you yeah, know? Just grab it from the sky. But anyway, he plays Frank. <laughs> he's a really tall actor. He's got to be, like, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, yeah. So he plays Frankenstein. Uncle Rico plays the Wolfman. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Uncle Rico does play the Wolfman. <laughs> and it's just got all the classic, you know, rules for... You know, Dracula can't go out in the sun. You can only kill a werewolf with silver bullets. Uh, you know, just the typical stuff. The monsters are the good guys? or No, the monsters are... Well, some monsters... Frankenstein's a good guy. Right. But then Dracula's kind of like the leader, and he's the one bringing all these monsters back from the dead. The creature of the Black Lagoon, the mummy. He's And Dracula's vicious. Right. I Personally, like I think he's one of the best Draculas in all the Dracula <laughs> really, movies. He really is. This version of Dracula is top notch. He takes no prisoners, kills people without regard. 
He's like Batman. Right. <laughs> exactly. He's like Batman. Yeah, just like a cla- a classic popcorn movie from the 80s that I think still holds up. Yeah. I, I got, Of all the movies we've watched, I, I can't wait to watch this one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's great. So, Monster Squad. I'm looking forward to, to yeah. watching that. Yeah, that was that, you needed to pick me up after watching Amy last week. Yes. I could tell. That'll bring you down. <laughs> it's real life, guys. But on a lighter note, this week, I watched the movie Big Trouble in Little China, oh, directed man. by John Carpenter and starring Kurt Russell. Another one of my favorites. Is Russell wearing a cool hat in this one? Not some stupid <laughs> cowboy hat. So I've seen this movie dozens, like a dozen times, and I never understood what it was about. It was just an adventure movie. It's a sh- like, right. string of events. It just but... seems like redneck Indiana Jones in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. And what I figured out watching it this time is that all this always happens in Chinatown in San Francisco. What we're seeing in, in, in this universe, right. this is always going on. There are constant kung fu battles and alleys. There's <laughs> Raiden from Mortal Kombat is always dropping down to zap people. And this is the first time that an outsider, who is Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. Is there to see it the whole movie Kurt Russell has no idea what's going on he just wants his truck back he yeah. drives this Mack truck and they had to run away from it because there was a gang war happening around him right and when they go back the bad guys have stolen his truck how does he get sucked into it he literally drives into trouble mm-hmm. he he makes this delivery in Chinatown and then he just goes to hang out with some of the guys he knows there. One of the guys, uh, the character's name is Wang. I forget the actor. They have to go to the airport to pick up this guy's girlfriend who's coming to America from China. They're at the airport, and Kim Cattrall is there. For whatever reason, she's there to pick up her own Chinese friend, which makes sense because it's a plane coming from China. <laughs> and um, <laughs> there's a lot of like weird race things that happen yeah. in this movie, but... But none of it, I feel, is racist, so... At least not to you. Not, at least not to me. <laughs> so Kim Cattrall's at the airport getting her own friend. We're picking up Wang's friend. Kurt Russell gets into a fight with these Chinese gang members. One of them is wearing the coolest but dumbest sunglasses you've ever seen. Instead of the Venetian blinds, it's just one wavy line through the middle. And then the, the Chinese gang steals Wang's girlfriend, and they get away... And Kurt Russell is mad about it. And basically, he's in. From that point on, he's like, we're getting your girl back. And then they lose his truck, and then he doesn't care about the girl. He just wants his truck back. Is this Kurt Russell, like, 80s tight jeans, cowboy boots? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he wears these cowboy boots that serve every purpose he could ever. He, ha- he has a knife that he keeps tucked into his boot, and the knife can come out the bottom of the boot or the or the, the blade comes out the bottom or the blade comes out the top, depending yeah. on whatever he needs the boot to do. Yeah. Kurt Russell uh, in movies has magical boots. They go back to the restaurant that Wang owns, and Kim Cattrall shows up, and, and they just go, who are you? And she goes, I'm Kim Cattrall. And they go, okay, well, you're part of the team now. I'm not even kidding. She just shows up and yeah. becomes part of their group. That's how groups are formed. And then what I was trying to say earlier is this movie is just supposed to be a regular Chinese Hong Kong kung fu movie mm-hmm. that happens to take place in Chinatown. Yeah. And just so happens that Kurt Russell is there. Right. He, he, just, he, he represents he American represents culture. The, the, he represents either the viewer 
or or the just out, American the outsider, the outsider. yeah it's he's it's a fish out of water story right, okay. because Kurt Russell has no idea what's going on everyone has to keep explaining to him it's 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 an old story don't worry about it just just follow us along for the ride there's a lot of great but violent action but no blood some of the street fights you see people's legs just breaking or or heads crushing against walls but with no blood no blood or anything which, which I thought was different especially for a john carpenter movie to be it's just sound effects and like, sound effects and just visual yeah, effects and, and it still works right? works great yeah yeah, yeah after well, last week we talked about the thing and how like bloody that gets yeah the raiden comes down from the sky from mortal kombat there's three of them i just like how much the mortal kombat just ripped off raiden <laughs> ripped off these guys to make raiden i don't know if you remember but it sounds like kurt russell is doing a straight up john wayne impression <laughs> But well, I don't know if that's just how Kurt Russell talks. I don't know. Like uh, the more we're talking about this, the more I'm remembering about it. If he's representing like American culture, getting intertwined right. with this, and he's like he, the, that is American yeah, culture, like honky tonk type of person. You know? and that's yeah. kind of brilliant. The bad guy in the movie, Lu Pang, Lu Pei, Lu Pai. I can't remember. Is it the guy with the long, creepy nails? Yeah, yeah. Lu, I think it's Lu Pai. He keeps saying that whoever his bride will be, which is either Wang's girlfriend or Kim Cattrall. Right. Whoever his bride will be needs to be able to handle the burning blade. And every time he says that, all I can picture is that's a euphemism for an STD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the dude who plays the, Lupi's opposite, Victor Wong. It took me forever to figure out what I remember him from, but he's the grandpa from the Three Ninjas movie. Nice. <laughs> There's a couple of gruesome monsters in the movie for no reason that is never explained other than yeah. ancient magic. There's this terrifying cave spider. Uh-huh. There's a floaty monster head. And then just this monster out of Masters of the Universe that runs around. It's all... It's it's all Chinese, uh... Ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> Ancient Chinese secret. Yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, it, once I figured out that it's a kung fu movie that Kurt Russell just walks into, it takes on this whole other... Like, you really just get it all of a sudden. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Big Trouble in Little China. Sure, I every have second. to recheck it out. I want to I teach a John Carpenter master class at this point. You got me all excited about Carpenter right. again. And Charlie... Rounding third. Mm-hmm. I watched a movie that you're not going to know by title. I don't think anyone has ever even seen this movie. But it is bad. It is a movie called The Burning, 1981. Good year. Yeah. Oh, great year. Um, and it's a slasher flick, but it is a sleepaway camp sort of slasher flick so like at that time you guys know like, like friday the 13th yeah it, it is running rampant harvey weinstein at this point new to the game yeah early on yep writes the thing what oh right wrote it wrote it and it's one of the first movies they ever produced before they they move on and right. create miramax and work with disney and whatnot this might ruin any career that I might have in film <laughs> talking about this, <laughs> but it is awful. And it's obviously such a bite off of, like, Friday the 13th, like, um... What's your name, fam- Chad Schmester? <laughs> <laughs> the highlights here is that, okay, there's this camp, and there's a bunch of little kids in the camp, and the groundskeeper is just a real asshole. Like, they don't like him, right? And so they want to play a prank on a dude, and 
uh, he's a drunk too. So he drinks himself stupid and he just falls asleep all the time. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is that, you know, he drinks himself silly, falls asleep, and these kids want to play a prank on him. The kids somehow built a prop that like like Hollywood couldn't even build. Like yeah, they barely like it's a really good looking like creepy skull with candles in its eyes and bugs crawling all around it. I'm like, how the hell do these kids make it? They can't even make macrame in like you know camp. But they built this amazing thing that looks real. So they put it in his room and then knock on the window to get him to wake up and see it and freak him out. So he wakes up, freaks the f out. The candle skull falls over on his bed. And you realize that he's sleeping in a room full of gasoline cans. <laughs> he just knocks <laughs> over gasoline cans. Room. There's nowhere just... else to store them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So like, he runs out and runs into the water. The kids just look it on and like they're like, oh, shit, we did this. And then they run away. Uh, the guy survives, apparently. They let him go after five years being in the burn Ward. Jesus. He ne no one gets a conviction. <laughs> None of these right. kids get these a conviction. kids get off scot-free. Yeah, they get off scot-free. And on top of That's that, camp. one of the kids <laughs> becomes a camp counselor. I mean, if anybody is going to know the benefits of fire safety... <laughs> It'll be that guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, she's lived it. So, so five years have passed now. This guy, the burn victim, wearing this crazy getup, like a dark man getup, you know, like just rags and stuff. And he's he's trying to integrate back into society, but people don't want him. Prostitutes are like freaked out. He finally kills somebody because he can't handle it. <laughs> and he's like, at this point, he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go kill some kids now. So he comes to the camp. Now, let me set up the camp because the camp is amazing. These are full-grown men with young girls. <laughs> like The girls <laughs> look like younger, like they belong there. But these are full-grown men <laughs> interacting with them. And but they're it, supposed to be. They're supposed to be playing kids. Yes, they're yes. supposed to be playing kids. So like these adult men are flirting and have like these like kids lines. But oh, so it's like a thirty-year-old playing a sixteen-year-old. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And one of the main guys in it is a young Jason Alexander and he's got a full head of hair and he's like the fun guy that everyone loves to hang out with but he's very sexual very sexual with these girls and it's so uncomfortable to watch now there's a guy there, I, I want to say his name is like Laser and he's the bad guy in the, in the, he's in like right. the cool like all your typical stereotypes every archetype you could imagine is part of this so they are going to go on a camping trip like an overnight thing where they have to canoe there and they, they have to be more secluded. How else are you going to kill them all, right? right? So they have to go there. They get there and then they start getting picked off one by one. But mm -hmm. the craziest thing happens while they're there. First off, we we see this guy, what he looks like, his burns. But he looks like he's got cold cuts all over him. He doesn't look like, like that's their version of like a burn victim. He's just got loose cold cuts. Loose like, skin yeah, hanging everywhere. Yeah, it, it's not, not the greatest effect mm -hmm. in the world. These girls are out with them in the middle of nowhere and they all start like pairing up a little bit you know going on walks with some of the guys and every one of the guys is rapey they're all have this like thing about them where like they're forcing themselves on these girls and the girls are fighting them the whole time until eventually they succumb to it and like they make it seem like this is young romance and it's so creepy because these guys are men right, it's just right, right. what these writers think <laughs> kids are like <laughs> there's a lot of date rape and a lot of settling for these girls <laughs> oh boy uh, yeah yeah the burning 
That was week 13 of the This Week in Film podcast. All right. Ray, we had a bunch of answers to last week's Ray's random request. Great. Let's hear them. I believe the question was, what was the most disappointing movie right. to you? Kind of kind of a... Hyped up movie that you're really excited for that event that eventually was not as good as you thought it was going to be. Christine says, both of the Sex and the City movies. Yeah, I was disappointed with those two. With uh, <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China's Kim Cattrall. Right. What a tie-in. Uh, and then a lot of our podcasting friends... Uh, chimed in. The Afterburn 739 podcast said the movie Ironweed, which I had never heard of. I don't uh, know what that Jack is. Nicholson and Meryl Streep. I don't know no. anything about it. The Crossover podcast said The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I, mean, I have. Who thought that was going to be good? The Bad Films and Good Company podcast, they said Ocean's 12, which I could not uh, agree with more. See, I kind of like Ocean's 12. Oh, I hated it. Yeah. Because I, uh, I love Ocean's 11. I liked it. So much. I liked all. I liked all three. Just they just never captured that magic from the first one. Yeah, well, how they can tried. You? Black Hole Cinema said Avengers: Age of Ultron, which I is kind of weird. I definitely agree with that. Uh, I disagree. Yeah. And Dan says The Dark Knight Rises, which I used to agree with, but no longer do. It really makes a lot more sense on multiple viewings. I think that movie just got put on put it up against The Dark Knight, which is. You're never going to top that. Right. So people were expecting that to be better than it, yeah. and it wasn't going to be. Dan right. also would like us to spend some time in the future going deeper into why we didn't like Avatar. Oh, uh, well. Dan, it's going to come. Yeah. I want to answer Ray's question really quick because my buddy Chris is going to vehemently like disagree with me. But the movie Congo, as a kid, <laughs> I was so excited about that movie. Oh, yeah, me too. I read that book too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I read it, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And yeah. Then when Tim Curry comes out with that amazingly terrible accent, yes. it just ruins the movie. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, and what was yours, Ray? Uh, mine, along the lines of the last Sandbrenner, uh, The Happening. Oh, I yeah, used to be a big happening. M. Night Shyamalan fan, and that movie I was so excited for, and that might be the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. Yeah, it, it's it was pretty, pretty terrible. Rough. Yeah, that movie was really bad. But I watched that movie, I told you this last week, I watched that movie right after we watched me and my buddy uh, Matt, we watched that right after we saw Lady in the Water. Anything you watch after Lady in the Water, yeah. Oscar-winning movie. Yeah. Ray, where yes. can the where can the people find us? The good people can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, and thisweekinfilmpodcast.com. All right, and Charlie, you have some exciting information. I've been teasing it for so long, but yeah, uh, as of yesterday, Amazon.com now has my books. Nice. Boy Zero Volume 1, Boy Zero, Boy Zero Volume 2, um, and if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get free shipping on them. Um, full graphic novels, over 140 pages apiece. I, I think you'll like them. Very Pretty exciting. good reads. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. Check it out. I'm stoked about it. Ray, what is your Ray's random request for this week? Okay, so going along with The Monster Squad this week, name a movie that you liked as a kid and you had to see the movie before you turned like 15 years old in order to really right. appreciate it now. Like for, for The Monster Squad, if you don't like it now, it's probably, if you watch it now for the first time, it's probably because you didn't see it when you were a kid. Right. Or when I saw Labyrinth as a 28-year-old and yeah, when right. I should have watched it when I was nine. Yeah, it's does not too. hold up. Right. You got to have those kid blinders on in order to appreciate some things. Well, that's week 13. Thanks a lot for listening. 
Please rate, review us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. If you have any questions or comments for us, send them, send them along. Other than that, we'll see you next week. See you. Later, guys.